Hello friends, fans, and family. This is Chris Manganelli with Tactical Cinematic Development, also known as TCD. For more information, www.tacticalcinematicdevelopment.com or hit us up on Instagram at TCD underscore action. And if you want to learn a cool martial arts move in a minute or less, that's P-I-T underscore fight, pit underscore fight. Okay, today I'm going to discuss the importance of learning how to wield a weapon in cinema and in reality okay and what's all this wielding weapon stuff anyway well what I mean is you know when I refer to a wielding weapon or wielding a weapon I'm talking about a weapon that is specifically designed for that wielding right I'm not talking about a gun and I'm not really talking that much about a knife I'm talking about let's say an axe um, sai, tonfa, hakamas, uh, nunchaku those types of things, right? Krabai, Krabai, Krabang. For those of you that uh, do the Muay Baran uh, uh, type of systems, that's what I'm talking about. Um, if you learn how to use uh, any number of traditional um, weapons, and I say traditional, when I say traditional, I mean pre-modern weapons, right? Pre-gun, pre-rifle, pre-stuff like that. And even during the time that the gun and the rifle, you know, was available in certain societies, it still wasn't available in others, so they're still using um, these um, rudimentary, well, I wouldn't say rudimentary, because some of these weapons are really, really sophisticated in their own way, but they're still using these pre-modern weapons. Anyway, learning how to use these weapons will um, make you all that much better on film, because that means you can pretty much pick up just about anything that they give you and figure out how to wield it and make it look make it look legitimate and authentic okay once you pick up a weapon and once you've gotten a sense of of how to work it and how to move with it essentially what you're building is muscle memory and an understanding of that weapon's dimensions its weight um, and certain characteristics that distinguish it from other weapons this is why when you pick up one weapon and you try to wield it a certain way you may have a different weapon and you can't wield it the same way. In other words, you can't wield a three-section staff like you would a bow staff. Why? Because the three-section staff is in sections. It could be exactly the same length, exactly the same length, but the bow staff is more rigid. The three-section staff is rigid only in certain points, um, extremely flexible in others. So that's what I'm talking about. Plus the swing's a little different. And I mean, I can go into more detail, but you guys, I think you get it by now. Now let's move to reality for a second. For reality, um, there's, you know, it's the same. The same thing applies. The only difference is, is in reality, when you pick up a weapon like that and you learn it, it makes it a whole lot easier to deal uh, and become acclimated to deal with and become acclimated with um, improvised weapons. Okay, and and remember, uh, I spoke about this in a couple of podcasts ago. An improvised weapon is a weapon that is not designed for what you are using but you are improvising it for the use at the time in other words if you you know are defending yourself and you have to break a bottle to make a uh, serrated or a jagged edge to cut um, at short range then that's exactly what you're doing you're improvising a weapon so if you don't have a blade in your hand you can bust the bottle you can still cut um, it's a different type of cut though. It's more of a gash and a slash versus a knife stabbing and slicing. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, same thing uh, when you pick up, let's say, um, Kali sticks, right? Or a screamer, Kali Eskrima, same thing. 
Um, if you pick up another, imp if you have an improvised weapon that looks like a Kali stick, right? Like just a short stick or something that's similar. If you know how to use Kali, you can immediately acclimate yourself to that improvised stick, a uh, thick branch or whatever, and use it in a similar fashion. So that's the importance of that, of learning these traditional weapons, because a lot of them mimic just common everyday items. Like a bow staff, I really wouldn't call a bow staff a weapon that is specifically designed for martial or combat application. A bow staff really, uh, let's say in Okinawa, was used to carry buckets of water, um, or maybe between two people to carry um, let's say a butchered animal, um, you know, and prepare it for cooking, that sort of thing. So I really wouldn't call it that. A bow staff is one of the most classical, improvised, but um, deliberate, you know, combat weapons that has uh, uh, ever been conceived by, by men. Um, now, weapons that are not, uh, that are traditional, that are not conceived, uh, specifically, let's say, for far as farm implements, we could say would be a sai or butterfly knives or things like that. So think for a second that if you are in a situation where, and I'm talking still about reality, if you're in a situation where there's, you know, the other person has, let's say, an edged weapon, you may consider using uh, some something like a broomstick because now the edge weapon is a short range, but with a broomstick, you have long range. The one thing you need to consider though, the way you wield a broomstick, most people would swing it. I do not advise swinging a broomstick simply because it can be caught. The best method for using a broomstick, you poke. Plain and simple, you poke. And if you're not skilled enough to, to sweep with it or to basically turn it um, horizontally and, 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 and strike with it and trap, then I highly recommend poking because in that way you can keep the web, the person that has the shorter range weapon uh, at bay while you start working your, your means of escape. Now going back to cinema, when it comes to cinema, there are times when the director or the producer will tell the weapons master or not even the weapons master, whoever they have in charge of, of designing or building things, specifically uh, different types of implements, in this case weapons, um, they'll tell them, listen, you know, I have this uh, movie and it's a futuristic movie. And even though we're using, you know, uh, weapons that might seem traditional, I, wanna, I want you to do something different and have this weapon, you know, do something special. And in that case, they will, you know, fashion or design a weapon uh, that, you know, let's say, let's take a Tonfa, for instance. Tonfa, basically a Tonfa looks like a, um, a PR-24. For those of you that are in corrections and law enforcement, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, then if you've ever seen a police stick uh, with a handle um, that you grab with your hand and then it, 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 it kind of like um, rides along the forearm, that's what I'm talking about, a Tonfa. Well, you may take a Tonfa and fashion it so that blades come out of it. Or so that at the at the, the back end you have a chain that comes out and gives it length. That's what I'm talking about. The Tonfa was not designed for that, but in a movie, if you want something special, uh, chances are um, they may fashion something like that. And if you don't know how to wield something with a chain, or you've never wielded a Tonfa, then uh, it's time you you you, you know you learned for that particular role. 
Now, going back to reality, chances are you're not going to get a special tonfa or a special weapon or a special anything. You're going to have to improvise things and use what you have in your environment. So if you find a thick tree branch and it's the length of an escrima, well, now you know how to use it as a club and swing it accordingly. Again, going back to the, to the beer bottle or the wine bottle, it has a handle. You break off the end. Now you have a jagged end. If you're in an office, you know, and it's a close quarter situation, you have pens um, and pens don't necessarily kill unless, you know, you, you, you strike certain areas of the throat and have them bleed out. But there are different things you could find and use in, in an office as blunt objects. So that's what I'm talking about. So that in and of itself is the importance of understanding and learning how to wield traditional weapons. Because after that you'll have an idea of how to wield just about anything you can find in your environment to defend yourself. And one more thing, if you find yourself in a situation where you have to defend yourself and you have to improvise a weapon, defend yourself to neutralize the threat or to destabilize the threat long enough for you to get out of there or well enough for you to be able to walk away as unharmed as possible. But if you gain the upper hand and you take control, that's great. But don't go overboard. Because remember, we live in a society that... Um, we live in a society of laws. So if you go overboard, um, you're going to jail. Bottom line, you're going to jail. Um, so if you cut the person and they decide they want to back off because they see the side of their blood, you know, don't, don't go all crazy and say, man, I'm going to finish this guy. I'm going to teach him or her a lesson. Don't do that because you're going to end up in jail for a very long time, okay? Um, because now the felony becomes high and aggravated. And once you have that on your record, you're going to have issues the rest of your life. So um, just neutralize the threat. But I mean by neutralize is just eliminate their ability to be able to continue to attack you or eliminate their desire to want to come to attack you or just buy yourself the type of time and circumstance to simply get out of the situation and find help all right let law enforcement handle what they need to handle that's why they get paid but if there's no law enforcement around you got to defend yourself hey go for what you know but don't go overboard all right well that was it if you have any questions hit us up um via email christianmanganelli11 at gmail.com that's my direct email manganelli spelled m-a-n-g-a-n-e-l-l-i the number 11 at gmail.com christianmanganelli11 at gmail.com or hit me up at the uh at the tactical cinematic uh development email i check them both all the time anyway that's uh tactical cinematic development at gmail.com um, hit us up on our website, our uh, Instagram, you name it. Just hit us up. You know, hit me with your questions. Hit me with your comments. I don't care if your comments are derogatory. I don't care if you tell me I suck. I will totally, totally podcast it. And, uh, you know, I'll give you an answer. Uh, may not be the answer you like or maybe an answer you love. I don't know. But hit me up. Well, remember, nothing worth having is easy or free. You got to hustle hard. You got to work for it. You got to learn your craft and you got to love your craft. Because if you love your craft, you'll never work a day in your life. Stay grinding, my friends. Stay grinding. Mm -hmm.